0: Welcome to the Enchanted Podcast, the show bringing you all the latest Disney news. I'm your host Lauren Arnold, and I'm your co-host Hallie Garrett. And today we're glad to introduce our first guest host, our <laughs> friend and Figment enthusiast, Kristen
1: Dolan. Welcome! <laughs> Hi, thank y'all so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> we are very happy to have you.
1: Glad um, to have you. yes. So.
0: If You guys couldn't tell, by the way, we introduced our guests today. We're going to be talking about all things Figment, the transformation of Journey into Imagination, and all of the fun things that happen at the Imagination Pavilion. So Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about Figment, just in case there might be some Disney fans that aren't aware of who Figment is or how he came to be?
1: Yeah, so Figment is the best mascot on Walt Disney World's property for multiple <laughs> reasons. Um, so the pavilion is the Journey to Imagination Pavilion, which is located at Epcot. Um, it's kind of like, You can't miss it. It's this big, like, tri- rect- not rectangle, triangle, <laughs> um, big glass triangle, and it's um, originally he was going to be like the mascot for the entire pavilion, and he's supposed to be kind of this representation of everyone's imagination and especially like the Dreamfinders, which was he was kind of put together by the dream finder as like a personification of your imagination from thing he found on his travels so he put together this little purple dinosaur that looks just like your ima- like what the figment of your imagination is supposed to look like that's i think a perfect recap on figment <laughs> He literally
0: is a figment of your imagination, which is where the idea basically came from. Um, But in order for us to talk about figment, there is some history that goes along with the attraction and the Imagination Pavilion. And basically, um, it all started when Disney opened a deal with Kodak. It was 1982. And they sponsored the Imagination Pavilion. They wanted Something that was imaginative, and it would fit with their brand during that time. And they also paid for all of the construction for the Mm -hmm. pavilion. (laughs) And the attraction Journey into Imagination was sponsored by Kodak from 1982 all the way to 2010, which makes it one of the longest sponsorship deals in Disney history. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And they also worked with Disney back in 1964 at the New York's World Fair. So, I know we talked in our last episode when we covered Frontierland, uh, one of the Imagineers that worked on Big Thunder Mountain and created Splash Mountain and is also leading the redesign on Splash Mountain is Tony Baxter. (laughs) Big cheers for Tony Baxter. Um, And he worked on the attraction and came up with a character that was originally called Professor Marvel. I don't know if you guys read up on that. But that yeah. was his.
2: The history behind the Imagination Pavilion is really interesting because he pretty much had this entire idea for a place in Disneyland, but it didn't end up happening because, like, the promotional movie for it just tanked. I had never even heard of it. I was like, ugh. Um, but he pretty much took all of his ideas, the Dream Finder or um, – and just everything from that. A lot of the hot air balloons, and he took that over to the Imagination Pavilion, and he even almost implemented a lot of the ideas into the land pavilion until, again, sponsorship changed.
0: Yeah, that was the big thing around that time, especially when Epcot first opened, was every land kind of had its own sponsor, because they were trying to also Boost sales from those companies and collaborate. And it was, I will say, I think the weirdest collaboration I saw at Epcot was with Kraft when they did yeah. the, the kitchen cabaret in
1: the land. We don't talk about it. <laughs> no, I thought we'd bring that back. I think that's a great addition. No. <laughs> Kristen's gonna sponsor the, the kitchen cabaret. <laughs> I'm bringing it back the second I set foot into Imagineering. <laughs> <laughs> and so the interesting thing was this character,
0: Professor Marvel, um, was an inventor with a pet baby dragon. Okay. Professor Marvel turned into what we know now as Dreamfinder, which was one of the main characters in the attraction. But I personally think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is just my opinion. uh, That this pet baby dragon that would become Figment, I think, was really the OG Baby Yoda. (laughs) Because...
2: (laughs) He was green. He was green.
0: He was green at first, yeah. And people, I think, when people first rode Journey into Imagination, Figment was, like, everything. Like, people had to have the stuffed animal... People had to have all the toys. Like, you couldn't leave the park without having Figment.
1: True. Yeah, I mean, just like watch, if you watch like the ride POV of like the original, like that's on YouTube, just like watching it, I would have lost my mind if I would have seen Figment. In that. Oh,
2: yeah. Like,
1: he my favorite character easily, like immediately if I would have ridden that ride. Mm-hmm. And I think the interesting thing is to
0: why a lot of people don't know about Figment and they kind of walk into the park and they're like, who's this character I've never seen before is because journey into imagination was never based off of a movie. It was just based off of a sponsorship between Mm -hmm. Kodak and Disney. So it was kind of like an original story that they were telling, but it was really, really inventive and it definitely made people want to come back to Epcot over and over again. Mm -hmm. And that's when refurbishment happened later on which we'll talk about people were really upset because it didn't include figment or the dream finder at all
2: yeah and now <laughs> he now- has a little too much figment uh in my opinion like i love him but he's a little over the top in that and then no dream finder again
1: yeah his person well, well i'm sure we'll get there but like his personality definitely changed it's definitely
2: Yeah. It's been quite the development, uh especially because I feel like although he was like the mascot, I feel like Dreamfinder, like Journey into Imagination was Dreamfinder's ride. And now it's become Bigman's ride. So of course his like character development and personality traits are like completely changed just based off that fact.
0: Absolutely. Um let's kind of talk about the first version of the ride just to give people an overview of like what this world was that we were walking into um it came out in 1983 that's when the attraction opened up and it was called journey into imagination and this is kind of interesting um guests would board the attraction and it would fly them to the clouds where they would encounter the dreamfinder who is this inventor And he would be driving his own vehicle called the Dreamcatcher. Now, this Dreamcatcher is kind of just like a giant vacuum if you think about it. (laughs) It's like a bunch of old parts that have been thrown together because he is an inventor, so it's supposed to look like he made this himself. He definitely
2: brought the steampunk vibes from, like, the original, uh, idea that Tony Baxter had. So, yeah. And yeah. I carried over, um, but yeah, it's a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> the best and,
0: vacuum ever invented. <laughs> 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 and guests would basically join him on a quest to collect dreams, um, so... It's kind of like you're going around the attraction and sucking up dreams and things and ideas into this giant vacuum.
2: (laughs) Which sounds a lot darker than it actually is. (laughs) Like It sounds like we're stealing people's dreams, but it's more like we're learning from them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I don't remember, Kristen can probably correct me on this, but... I know the newer version of the ride focuses on like all of the senses and science and art.
1: Is that still what the original traction? So the original, I think in my, again, my opinion, I think the original kind of took imagining a better route than the one currently does. Cause the one currently is like your senses and like, we're going to go through the hearing touch lab and like, that's really scientific. The original one, on the other hand, focused on like the rooms you went in was like art literature before things like that so i thought it was a much stronger ride in terms of like we're gonna go get people's dreams and imagination because like imagination is all about like and they kind of threw in a little science in there but it was way more focused on like your imagination and like where it comes from and what it can do and like i think it was way more successful in its like setup that way than the newer one
2: i agree I think it was also, because of that, definitely more beautiful at the beginning. I mean, just the rooms with, like, the art, Uh, the art room was gorgeous, Gorgeous. the paintbrush that, like, glowed and, like, made everything, and I also liked the addition of, um, I think there's a point where he's, like, reading, it might be the literature one, but it's much darker in that room but I kind of like that because sometimes dreams aren't always like very bright and colorful and I like that they like added that
1: yeah and and, it works really well for the like, literature room too that it's like darker because mm-hmm. like literature is like flat on paper but like it's still like very imaginative and like not mm-hmm. all art has to be very like colorful and bright you know yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. and it's also like just I think another way that they use the character too, to use dream finder is that he's using the dreams in a certain way too so when you go through them it feels like you really are in all of those different dreams which is really really fun um and all of those ideas and dreams that were taken into the giant vacuum which is called the dream catcher (laughs) um basically creates a figment of the imagination, which is where we get figment from. Yeah. So, the one part of the ride that I know has everybody very nostalgic is the theme song oh, yeah. called One Little Spark that was written by the Sherman Brothers, who are Disney legends. They've written almost every Disney song that you've heard in your life growing up. And it's very very catchy <laughs> very very catchy um but the ride did close for refurbishment and it o- reopened in 1999 it had a new name it was journey into your imagination
1: <laughs> I, back. I would go to your own okay i have a problem okay. <laughs> Why you have go? like i'm always in my imagination why do I need to go into my own, like, I would way rather go into, like, the art room and, like, look at art, when, like, I'm with me all the time. I don't need to be with me on a ride.
2: <laughs> but, like, use your imagination to enhance this ride. No, you do the work.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do much thinking when we're on vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this refurbishment did not sit well with guests at the park. Unfortunately, uh, Figment only made a few cameos. One of which was at the very, very end of the ride, uh, and Dreamfinder wasn't in the ride either. It was just not there. <laughs>
2: I don't know what went through their head, especially because even before the ride opened, like people were very interested in Dreamfinder and Figment stories, like. There was so much promotional material going on with them. They were walking around the park even before the ride came. So people were like, who the heck are these guys? But everyone loved them. And they loved them even more once the ride came out. I don't... I I really want to know like, what went through Imagineering's heads to be like, you know, let's get rid of those characters. You know the characters that make up the entire ride? Just cut them.
1: And also all of the, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 <laughs> you go. Yeah, you are a guest. Speak, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, the hardest thing for me was, like, the original figment and, like, the original ride was so much of, like, the potential of, like, imaginary, like, mm-hmm. to create something that is not based on anything and, like, isn't really, like, an IP or an Disney's made before. I mean, they did kind of make stuff before, but it wasn't, based off of anything. So it was just like the Imagineering team going like wild and going crazy and making like all of this super like fascinating stuff. And people still loved it. Like people still were like, wow, this is such a fun ride. We love these characters, the story is so interesting. And then they took it and like demolished everything that was like so great about it. And I was like, why would you take away like, the characters, the plot, like, everything that was story-driven and so, like, wonderful about the original and then brought, like, an Australian doctor and was like, this is fine. Everything's cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad you brought up the point, Hallie, about um, the characters walking around the park, because that was another interesting thing. Um, There were meet-and-greets. There were Dreamfinder and Figment meet-and-greets. I want to meet them. I do too. (laughs) And I mean, they looked great, obviously. And it was, I think, a really fun and creative meet and greet because it's not like traditional meet and greets that you have now in the parks. Um, Mm -hmm. There was actually a puppet figment that the dream catcher or the dream finder had. With him, so that guests could interact with both of the characters at the same time. And it made it really fun. You know, it really made it, I think, a little bit more personal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I also saw, I think this must have been later after um, Dreamfinder was out of the ride, but there was a meet and greet with a fur character, Figment. <laughs> and it was a little scary. <laughs>
2: I don't. I don't think so. It was a little scary.
1: Tiny personality in the meet and greet. My brain is like short circuiting.
2: Can we talk about how Joe Roddy? Yes, finder? Because that was amazing.
0: I couldn't believe it when I, I saw it. And I, was I was just like him too. You. you can tell it's Joe Rody. Mm-hmm.
2: I will say Dreamtryer is pretty impressive for a face character, especially in, like, the 80s and 90s. I think they did a fantastic job, but as soon as I saw, like, Joe Roddy, I was like, holy shit, wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. This is, in case you guys don't remember, Joe Roddy. we talked about, um, was the Imagineer behind Pandora, the world of Avatar. All of Animal Kingdom, pretty much. Just Pretty much. Living yeah. legends. And... Yeah, back in the day he did play Dreamfinder. And I don't know that it was specifically for character meet and greets, but I know he was Dreamfinder for promotional videos for Disney.
2: I think it was I think there was a lot of the imagineers at the time. I feel like they almost didn't trust actors to portray these people that they had imagined because think about how much they'd worked on these pe- on like these characters and everything about their personalities, and so I feel like they just kind of dressed themselves up, and they were like, screw it, I'll do it. I, I'm, I'm gonna be the best dream finder there will be, so I'll do it,
0: <laughs> and props and they, to them. They also played around, I saw a video of this, they also played around with, you know, there, there's some fun interactive things that you can do at the end of the ride when you get mm-hmm. off, and there was a, area where you could go <clears throat> and basically star in a movie with Dreamfinder mm-hmm. and it would blend live action footage with real time footage, which was really innovative for the time in the 80s. Yeah. And it was oh I don't remember was it Joe no it was I don't think it was Joe Rurdy that was Dreamfinder in the video. But it was either but I remember and there, there is footage, there's footage that they showed at D23 of Tony Baxter doing an experiment with this video with other Imagineers, and they have the, the taped video playing, and then Tony Baxter and all his Imagineer friends kind of jump in the video and try to play the parts that make the video seem like a whole movie. Mm. And it's really entertaining to watch. <laughs> see how they tested all this stuff out that movie magic was something it was but unfortunately (laughs) again (laughs) the ride closed a third time and was refurbished to reopen in 2002 and this was tricky because you know around that time a lot of people didn't want to go on vacation and go to theme parks because 9-11 had just happened um but in 2002 it reopened and it was called Journey into Imagination with Figment. So they added Figment at the end.
2: They were really driving that. They were like, we know we messed up. And yeah. we're not going to say that this ride fixed anything, but
0: I mean, at least they brought Figment back. So. And guess what? <laughs> Dreamfinder still wasn't in the ride. <laughs>
1: Dreamfinder who? Again. They were like. <laughs>
2: They, Dreamfinder and Figment are two peas in a pod, and they just tore them apart. They I did. don't know
0: what made them drop Dreamfinder, but basically, the third version of the ride is like they went from this iconic character duo to the third version of the ride where there was one character erasing all history of. Any other character that was involved in the creation of Figment, mm-hmm. which I think is a big deal. Like, yeah, Figment is here. How did he get? If he's a Figment of your imagination, whose imagination now? Yours. It, I think it should be a Figment of Dreamfinder's imagination, the way that it originally was. Mm-hmm.
1: And,
0: yeah, exactly, but
1: like the Figment of my imagination is. Not a purple dinosaur. Yeah, <laughs> and again. <Drian. laughs>
0: but also, when we go into the later version of the ride, this makeover, Dreamfinder was kind of replaced by another character, um, one that not many people enjoy. <laughs> no. It was Doctor Channing, who was played by Eric Idle. And wow, was he annoying! <laughs>
1: yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is he someone from like *Honey, I Shrunk the Kids* or something? Like, isn't he from some like three D? He's experience from with
2: them? Monty Python. He's a part of Monty Python. You no, know, like the character. Oh, the character. I'm not sure. He always had kind of Bill Nye vibes to
0: me. But... I think there was a little bit of relation between Honey, I Shrunk the Kids because that was a neighboring attraction Mm -hmm. that was right next door. And I think when they were doing the redesign, they wanted to draw... Because Honey, I Shrunk the Kids attraction was pretty popular up until a certain point. So they tried... That
1: was great.
0: Yeah, I think they just try to take some elements from that. Especially, I think, um, the Institute, that the lab that the whole Figment ride takes place in was taken from the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids attraction. Yeah. I do have some fun facts, though, about where some of the animatronics ended up. Because, you know, when the ride closes down, things either go into the archives or they get put away. Not with this one. (laughs) Um, If you want to see a figment animatronic from the original Journey into Imagination, you can head over to Disney's California Adventure and ride Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. And in the queue, in the collector's room, there's a bunch of little boxes and cages with creatures and weird things in them. And if you look all the way up at the top, there is Figment, and he is from the original Journey to Imagination Attraction, which is Mm -hmm. kind of fun.
2: Kristen, do
0: you know the sad stories about the rest of the figments.
1: (laughs) I know one of them, I think. or Maybe that's another one. But I remember, like, reading one of them, and I was like, how could you do that to my dragon? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, the rest of... There were five figments
0: in total, because the original attraction moved on this um, circular turntable track which is now uses the loading area Mm -hmm. if you ride the attraction today and there were five figments because there were five different rooms and the characters would be in each room so there were five figments in total and sadly i think there there are either one or two that are in the walt disney archives the rest unfortunately have uh been found at garage sales (laughs) Or auctioned off to people. Yeah. They're in really rough shape. You can see the armature on the inside and they're some some are destroyed and others are now in homes of collectors. So
1: Imagine imagine if you took like country bear jamboree and like you were walking <laughs> a garage sale and then you just saw like the bear like standing in the corner. Like that's <laughs> bad. Like I I can't imagine walking into someone's house and just seeing like a decrepit figment like in the corner. No. That'd
0: be really <laughs> creepy.
1: And some of the
0: Dreamfinder, I don't know exactly everything that happened to the Dreamfinder animatronics. I think it's the same situation where some pieces of the Dreamfinder animatronic are now in homes of collectors. There's a few in the Walt Disney Archives. Other than that, I don't think we really know. But if you want to see the Dreamcatcher, the giant vacuum vehicle that Dreamfinder rides, you can find it in one of the shops at Epcot. It's all the way up, used as decoration for the theming of the shop. And it's not the whole Dreamcatcher. There are parts that are missing. And those parts have been found at garage sales. (laughs) Of course, so you see the trend.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Where else would they be? (laughs) Uh,
0: Only, only the the finest places in the
1: garage Mm -hmm. sales. Yeah, they're not. They're like a cabinet. Like they're not just like they're placed very nicely. (laughs) I also think
0: the imagination pavilion today just does not have what it used to have. It doesn't have the same level of interactivity, there's um it's not like two different levels that you can go up anymore and go upstairs and then ride the attraction downstairs. It's not like that anymore.
1: The second decided to make that like upstairs into that like Disney Vacation Club thing or whatever it is. now. The- yeah. I don't understand why they just won't open it to public because it's gorgeous. Like that space, such a gorgeous space, like be in and be immersed in. Why would you not use that to your advantage? Like that bothers me so much.
2: I feel like Epcot has had so many new attractions that are like draw in a lot more people. And even now with the entire like renovation that they're doing, I feel like The Imagination Pavilion has unfortunately become an afterthought because at the beginning there was such high hopes for it. And there was like a requirement that there needed to be three different things that could go on. So we had Journey into Imagination. We had the like post show where guests were released and they could do, as we were talking about, you could make a movie with the Dream Finder. You could Draw on screens. It was a lot of state of the art things that people were like really interested in, but they've become a lot more dated now, as much of Epcot has. And then they also had a movie, which had something to do with uh, the entire Imagination Pavilion, but has since been replaced by the Pixar shorts, which I've done, and it's fine. But you know, once you've done it once, you've you've done it enough.
0: <laughs> also, we have the iconic Rainbow Tuttle. I missed the,
1: aren't they bringing it back? I yeah, think they're bringing it they're bringing it back, and I when I found out that, that news, y'all, I cried. Like, I, I literally did. was in... I'm so excited for the rainbow tunnel.
0: I want the rainbow <laughs> tunnel so bad. We did not know, know that they were bringing it back.
2: They are. I think they're... Yeah. I think they kind of realized that uh, sometimes old is good, and so they're bringing back all the old goodies that everyone loved.
0: Yeah, and like you said, Kristen, now that upstairs glass pyramid area is used for the Disney Vacation Club. It's a lounge for those members.
1: I think the reason that I'm embarrassed about it is because I'm not in the Disney Vacation Club, so I can not go up there and, like, I really just want to be up there in, like, the natural light and, like, bask, but I can't (laughs) because I'm not in the Disney Vacation
2: Club. (laughs) It makes me kind of sad because it used to be, uh, like, As you said, like it was open to the public and I think they had a lot of just like information about like imagination, the pavilion itself. And now it's, it's honestly really boring because I've seen videos of it. There's just chairs and there's some computers for like people to go on. I don't know why you would need to do that in the park, but it's just, it seems like a waste of space because it's just so gorgeous.
0: There are some creepy elements I kind of want to talk about, if you right. are upstairs, <laughs> <laughs> um, One of them, well, actually, I think this was downstairs, uh, when you entered, or when you enter now, there is an escalator that is gated off. Um, there's a giant gated fence around it, which makes it look really creepy, but that used to be where you would access. The upstairs level of the pavilion. Um, and in the actual glass pyramids upstairs in the DVC lounge, is there, well, was a little like crate thing that was on the wall. Kind of like if you see like an air conditioning vent, is like what it looked like. But mm-hmm. if that at one of the tables, Right in front of that, you could actually look through, and you would see the abandoned part of the attraction that was still sitting there. Oh, man. Not touched, just there, lights on, (laughs) Mm -mm. and it was a little weird, and then Disney started to pick up that people were looking through there, and then they changed that area and put a solid... Great over the wall so that you can't see through yeah which I'm kind of upset I'm like what if one day I go up there I want to see the inside <laughs> <laughs> I feel that yeah and I mean that's really like all the fun facts I had about Journey into Imagination but if you do want to know more about Figment and Dream Finder Marvel did release a small series of comic books that is called Figment. And there's, I think, like five or so different comics that Marvel produced and focuses on the journeys between Dreamfinder and Figment, which is really fun. So, <laughs> in case you weren't able to ride the attraction back in the 80s, there is that set of comic books that might give you the same love of Dream Finder and Figment. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I have one fun fact, and it is that Figment's little sweater, which I love his sweater, I think it's the cutest thing, but it's yellow and red because of Kodak. And so yeah, I thought that was yeah. fun. Because apparently Kodak was, oh, this was a reason that uh, they made him purple instead of the original green, because when Tony Baxter drew him up, he was like always green because I guess that's a standard dragon color, <laughs> but I think they were worried that, uh, or Kodak was worried that their competitor, Fujifilm, I think they, have a little, they had a little green in their logo at the time. And so they were like, no, change it, like, make them purple.
1: <laughs> I think that was a good call. I think the, I I think like the green would have hit as well as a purple pigment.
2: I, I agree. I think purple is definitely much more imaginative
1: And it also would have been
0: confusing for guests, too, if he was green, because Pete's Dragon had also been a movie that was out at the time. So a lot of people would have gone on Journey into Imagination and thought that was Pete's Dragon, which definitely wouldn't make sense.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I would say, uh, like, the biggest transition of Figment from, like, his original uh, character to now is that... He was definitely I feel like the audience could relate to him more because it was more a dreamfinder's ride, which I had mentioned earlier, as he takes you through. And Figment's kind of along for the ride with everyone. Like he's wanting to learn more about imagination. And at the end of the ride, he's like, Whoa, this is really awesome. And now I know all this stuff. Compared to now where I feel like it is Figment's ride along with Dr. Nigel. Um <laughs> More figments, though, still. But he almost has a little bit of a know-it-all vibe to him. He's a little bratty. Like, I love figment, but I don't... He This one isn't my favorite characterization of him because, I don't know, he's just not as fun. He's almost played up a little too much, and I kind of wish it was back to where we were, like, equals. Like, we're both learning about imagination.
1: I yeah. know one thing fans... Oh, oh! Sorry. Wait, I'll let Kristen talk. <laughs> sorry, I think my Zoom is lagging. But um, <laughs> um, he's just like so snarky now. Like especially yeah. like at the beginning, like that little banter between like him and Dr. Nigel. I'm just like, okay, like, but why are y'all fighting? Like if y'all work together. <laughs> and
0: then, I do you have. Know? I have a little little explanation about it. <laughs> Go for it. Please share because people were very very upset when the ride reopened in 1999 and neither of the characters were in the ride they brought back figment in the third refurbishment and when dr channing made an an appearance he was that annoying character like we talked about but the thing that fans really enjoyed was that one it did let figment have the spotlight a little bit and figment gave every single line he had to interrupt Dr Channing at every single moment that he tried to speak which fans loved because we found him so annoying. Uh I think that's what also made Figment such a lovable character because it was Figment and everyone who rode the attraction that didn't really like Dr Channing at all and Figment was the one interrupting him every second he had and would be (laughs) that know-it-all that's like well imagination should be this and let's test out this and what does the smell lab do and let's do that <laughs> so he was a little more quirky i think in the third refurbishment a little bit definitely quirkier but Kristen, i'll let you finish your point
1: <laughs> oh no like that's pretty much like hitting it now like if you if it's, i'm all for it if dr Nigel Cheney doesn't have to talk more like, if it means that Figment, like, it's a little, like, line in here and there, then, like, I'm all for it. <laughs> I
0: think, I think we all agree on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Also, like, I love, like, the thing that bothered me most was, like, the fact that from, like, transitioning through each one, like, they cut the time so short, like, how, like they pretty much cut the ride time in half, but like could you imagine this journey into the Imagination with Figment being like 12 minutes long? Like you would get so bored so quickly. Yeah, I couldn't do that.
0: <laughs> Definitely. And some of the old props do exist in the ride from the old mm-hmm. original version. I,
2: yeah, I think we kind of mentioned earlier, but like another transition was like, the more artsy imaginative to, like, the scientific one, so I feel like the only point in the ride that's, like, really enjoyable for me is right at the end when all the screens and all the scientific things go away, and then it's, like, imagination, figments having a blast, like, it, it's gorgeous, and I'm, like, why don't you make this the whole ride?
0: There's one problem yeah. that stands out that I recall is from the original and that is the butterfly in the cage that swings.
1: That's mm-hmm. one that has stayed. Like, that's the stuff that you remember. Like, I think what bothers me most about this one is that everyone's favorite stuff is like that butterfly. Cause like visually, that's what I think of when I think of pigment is like pigment for one. And then that butterfly, that is the coolest thing in the whole world. <laughs> and then the end scene, that is just like, well, scary for starters. Cause if you haven't written that end scene, you're gonna jump a little bit in your seat but like I think like visually the things that we remember are those things that are so much more like artistic and like fun and like really delving into the whole idea of like imagination and like where your dreams come from and then like the science stuff falls to the background because you're so like immersed in this like beautiful artistic room at the end that like that's what you remember and so like I think that's what the new one is missing so much is, like, real imagination. So,
2: well, hopefully they'll just, like, redo it again and uh, just bring it back to the 80s. Like, make it that again, please.
0: Yeah, I think that's what everyone is just wishing for. Um, And I think that's also what Disney struggled with in 2002. It was hard because people weren't going on vacation They, frankly, were just afraid to go on vacation, and that's understandable. And Disney wasn't, they didn't really have the budget that they used to if they wanted to bring back the attraction the way it was. Mm -hmm. So they kind of modified it and said, well, we can do this, and then it'll be mostly figment, and we'll kind of twist it a little bit. But it still wasn't giving people what they wanted
2: unfortunately,
0: there is, I want to, I want to say like a disclaimer about our last episode before we go, um, because when we talked about Frontierland, uh, Hallie and I mentioned Big Thunder Ranch barbecue, and we didn't know why it was replaced for the petting zoo. And
2: we, uh, <laughs> we, we did some research that, afterwards. <laughs> yeah,
0: we couldn't believe that we, didn't figure this out, and it was very obvious to us, and I think we knew it deep down inside. It just,
2: and we were, Big Thunder Ranch is like a barbecue place that was in Frontierland just to catch you up, and Lauren's been there. I haven't, but literally, like, go look it up. It's so cute. It's so beautiful. I would say it, it looks a lot like the food from Hoop-Dee-Doo, And they even have like a show. They had a little show and it was all you can eat. It looked amazing. And then they took it out (laughs) and put a petting zoo in. And Lauren and I were so distraught.
0: (laughs) But then then, we But I also remembered like the petting zoo's gone now too. And I couldn't figure out I was like, what was the purpose? And I was really confused. And then it occurred to me and I was like, Wow, I totally forgot that like one of the biggest things that's happening right now took its place and that was Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> they had oh to- <laughs> <God>. We forgot. <laughs> <laughs> they had to take it out because that is basically the area where the entrance is to Galaxy's Edge. We
2: <laughs> really, like, why would they do that? That's so
0: stupid. Oh to make Star
2: Wars. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So that's our apology slash disclaimer about our last episode. <laughs> we still want it back, though. I don't, like, yeah, I don't it The, uh, the shit like, knows how much I love hoop
1: Do Review. So if it's oh, anything yeah. hoop dee Review, bring it back.
2: <laughs> oh, wait, we do Lauren, I forgot. We had an idea. So we both, we were both, like, okay, the dumbest thing in front, in both of the frontier lands is, excuse <laughs> me, um, is the shootin' arcade because no one uses it, no one likes it. We're like make it into a quick service restaurant where you just serve like the barbecue. That'd be so the, cool. the Big
1: Thunder Ranch.
2: That's what they should do. Because
1: like Pickle's is good, but like barbecue and fronting go hand in hand. I think we should. Yeah. That's a great idea. I approve. Signed, sealed, Kristen Dolan. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was kind of like, there, there's a restaurant, I mean, there's a lot of restaurants even in Walt Disney World, but one that I remember specifically was the Jazz Kitchen at Downtown Disney in California, and they have the Jazz Kitchen Restaurant, and then next door they have the Jazz Kitchen Express, which uh-huh. is more, you can get the same things basically from the restaurant, but it's more, it's just a quick service, just, and I think that's what they should do with Big just, Thunder Ramps.
2: Just do it. Get rid of the shooting arcade, like, please. Why is it still there?
1: There's someone out there who's listening to this and is like, no, that's my childhood. <laughs> well, any last thoughts on
0: Figment or Dreamfinder, or I think we're still gonna call it Journey Into Imagination. Not <laughs> Journey Into Your Imagination or with Figment, just Journey Into Imagination. <laughs> any last thoughts?
1: No, I I think we got it all. Just that I I love Figment, and he deserves (laughs) better than this. (laughs) He did.
0: Well, we want to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Enchanted Podcast. Thank you to Kristen Tholen for joining us this week and talking all things Figment. And we will be back with a brand new episode next week. Thank you all for listening, and have a magical day.
1: Come on, everybody, let's go! We all have sparks. (laughs) Imagination. That's how our
2: minds create creations. (laughs) Right at the start of everything that's new, one little spark lights up for you.
1: Oh,
0: boy! Imagination.
1: Imagination. A A A dream can be a dream come.